You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. Hello, hello. It is weird missing a Sunday. I was not here last week, and uh, it just feels like forever since I was with all of you. Uh, we were blessed, though, last week to get to have Adam share with us. How many of you caught Adam's message last week? We were, we were tuning in online. Uh, I was just listening to it, not watching, because I was driving while, while we were listening to it. But uh, so, so good, speaking into kind of somewhere we're going here this summer. And uh, yeah, I'm just getting set up here, so give me a minute. I got all these today, I got all these like, oh, there was that, there was that, and I made all these little post-it notes, so I got to get organized here. Um, okay, so what we're going to do to kick this off today uh, some of you will be very amused. Some of you will be bothered. I don't know. We'll figure that out as we go. But uh, I need help from you guys. And what you're going to do is you're going to pick a song that I have to try to sing. Okay, right? Yeah, those few people are like, oh, great. You know, so, uh, so I want, um, I'm going to pick a number right now, 0 to 100. And uh, five people can take guesses. Go. If, 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 the point is, if you guess closest, you get to choose a song that you're going to throw at me. Okay? Starla, go ahead. Okay. Somebody. Carolyn? 99. Uh, Sharon? Oh, oh, 34. 76. Okay, we get one more. That's four. Joel? Okay, so who was 76? Sharon? Okay, it was 67 was the number, so you're the closest. So now you get to... Uh, you get to throw a song at me. It's got to be a song that's like, hopefully, people in the room know. So, you got one? Okay. Okay, okay, okay. What's the, is that beautiful name? Okay, okay. I thought I might be singing like a pop song or something, but hey, we can do that one. We can do that one. Okay, so, so guys in the back, you got to find it, okay? You got to find that song called Beautiful Name and cue it up because here's what we're going to do. Okay. Can you believe I'm, I can't believe I'm doing this, Okay. I, 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 I'm singing in front of you guys. This is going to be online forever after this, you know. Okay, okay, here we go. Uh, you were the word at the beginning. Don't play it. Don't play it. Okay, you, I thought I heard it playing. Did they start playing it? Yeah, okay. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. na 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 Oh, man, I should know this. I love this song. Okay, okay. That's all I got, guys. Okay, what's the chorus? What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, our King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to it. Right? Okay, I'm close enough, okay? I'm really helping, actually, okay, with, with the point. Okay, guys, now play the, play the original, please. Nobody was singing along when I was singing it. What a beautiful name. Okay, okay, you guys can you guys just stop it. Can you hear the difference? 
Malachi's like, maybe a little bit. Okay, 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 okay. Now, here, here, here's the thing. Thank you for whoever said I was better. That's, that's, that's cute. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. uh, here, here's the deal, okay? Would anyone likely choose to listen or share that song based on my rendition of it? Like, would you, would you be like, oh, I'm going to go back and listen to that that he played on my drive home today, you know? But, but <laughs> yeah, all the people who love to laugh at me. Uh, but, see, the deal is, guys, here, here's, what I, here's what I want us to catch. Obviously, obviously, the OG original song is better, okay? The problem was not with the song when I sang it. The problem was with how I sang it. The song's a great song. The melody's a great melody. Uh, the lyrics are wonderful. But I wasn't super well-versed in the lyrics. I haven't practiced singing it. I'm sure if I had practiced, I would have been better than, than, than I did. But I let you guys just throw it at me. But the thing I want us to catch, guys, is that I want you to think, and, and I'm just going to give total credit where credit's due right now. I got this idea watching a reel from Andy Stanley that came up on Instagram the other day, and I've shared it on my stories on Instagram. So if you want to watch it, it's really, really good. Uh, they go deeper on it. I'm not going to go deeper on it. But what I want you to catch, think of the original song as Jesus, okay? And my attempt to sing it as maybe the church trying to look and act like Jesus, and there's often this, this dissonance between the original song and our attempt to represent Jesus in the world. And we can all probably agree that the OG song is a lot better than the cover. Do we agree? And, uh, and, and I think at times what actually happens in our world is people get turned off from Jesus and the gospel because of our attempt to sing the song. And that's not to condemn us, and that's not to make us all feel horrible, and oh man, we're all failing, and man, we suck, or any of that. But it's to say that the, the real Jesus, and the true gospel, they are beautiful. They are such a good tune, such a good song. And at times, there is this dissonance between us and the real Jesus, and the real gospel. But the problem, I believe often, that the world around us has with the message is actually not a problem with the real Jesus. It's not a problem with the real gospel. It's a problem with how we're trying to sing it. And here's, here's the deal, guys. The gospel and Jesus, they remain beautiful. And the church of Jesus Christ is often referred to in the Bible as the body of Christ. And the idea is, is that the church is supposed to look and sound like Jesus. Right? And, and, and here's the, the great thing. How do, we, how do we get our lives and our message tuned back to the original? How, how, would, how, would, I get, how would I get tuned back to that original beautiful name song? I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to read the lyrics. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to practice how I sing it. And that, that coming back to the original again and again and again is going to help me sing it better. Maybe we can practice in a few months. We'll see. But, you know, um, probably not. Just no, 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 no promises there. But the idea, guys, the beautiful thing is, is we have the life and the words and the teaching of Jesus written down, and we can, we can spend time tuning back to the original. We can actually look at his life and tune back to the original. And there is this, this one of my favorite verses, 2 Corinthians 3.18, talks about how we're transformed as we behold the glory of God in the person of Jesus. We actually become more like him as we behold him, as we look at him. And so with that, I want to say to you what we're going to do this summer. Adam told us a little bit about it last week. But what we're going to do this summer is I want us to actually look at Jesus' encounters with those we could categorize as outsiders. Because I think one of the problems that we often run into as the church is our relationship to the world outside the church. And so the question I'm asking and I want us to be asking is, is how might we as a church relate to those outside much more like Jesus? And the only way I know how to do that, guys, is look at Jesus together. To see the beauty of his ways, to learn from him, to watch him, to listen to him together. Uh, it's not going to happen by me coming up here and, 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 and telling you all how it's done. It's going to be us together beholding Jesus together, us looking intently at Jesus together. And so what we're going to do through the summer is take some of these encounters of Jesus and, and just look, just look together. And so today we're going to go into Mark uh, chapter 1, verse 40 to 45, and I'm going to ask for some more crowd interaction here this morning uh, for someone who would like to come up and read the verse. Anybody, you got any takers? Everybody's itching. They're running. They're running. Who, who wants to? Misty, come on up. Give a round of applause for Misty. She's got it for us. Misty, I have it printed right here. I have it printed right here. And so you can read it in big, bold letters right there. Right here. Okay. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Thank you, Misty. Also, anybody have ice cubes in your coffee this morning? You can thank Misty for that. Misty, Misty, Misty brought ice for the coffee she was making. Praise God. So here we have this, this story, right? And to really get into understanding this story and the heart of it, it's important for us to actually understand the experience of a leper in that day. Uh, and so let's just think about this, okay? Lepers in that day uh, were, were called unclean. 
They're defiled. They were untouchable. You had to keep a distance from them. It was actually believed by many people that they probably had leprosy because of some sin in their life. And the leprosy was just a manifestation of whatever was secretly wrong in their life. And, and obviously it was extremely painful and its effect on the body. But you were, you, were, you were pushed outside the community as a leper. You were rejected. So imagine you're just going through life. You got family, you got friends, you got neighbors, maybe you got kids, maybe whatever, right? And, and you start to find, oh my gosh, I got this, this infection on my skin. And it starts to become obvious to people, and you have leprosy, and you go from inside to outside the community. You're unclean. You're untouchable. You're, you're rejected. You're cut off. You're isolated. Imagine the loneliness. Imagine the loneliness that, that these people felt. Like there were specific laws within the community to keep them at a distance, to keep them isolated, and obviously understandable in that day. Highly contagious. Nobody wants it, of course. Uh, but imagine having your own community intentionally working to keep you away and outside. Can you feel the pain of that? You know, he's got one, the physical pain of the disease, but he's also got the social pain of the isolation. And that's the interesting thing in these stories about Jesus' miracles. Yes, you know, you want to take something from this story, Jesus heals the sick, okay? We pray for the sick to be healed here at Life Tree. We go after it. We'll keep going after it. But there's also always these lessons within the miracles of Jesus for us to learn and for us to see. There, there's signs that point to a greater truth. And I want us to just think for a minute uh, about the loneliness that is reported in our day. You realize that, that in our day, our society, despite all the ways we can be connected, report extremely high levels of loneliness. And you may or may not know this, but people who move to Victoria often talk about this city being a place where it's really hard to make friends where it's really hard to connect. And so we live in a city surrounded by people who feel a deep sense of loneliness. And maybe you identify with that in this room. You're like, yeah, I know. I, I moved here just however long ago, or maybe I've been here for years and I still don't feel like I have friends. But there's this reality that loneliness is a real pain in life to walk with. And what we see here with Jesus is just some really beautiful things. I just want us to make a few observations out of the passage, and then we'll... we'll We'll carry on to something else. But the first thing I want us to see is when the man comes to Jesus, his first question sort of, it's not, it's not actually phrased as a question here in the NIV, but he says this, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So he knew, he believed that Jesus, like he had seen enough, he had heard enough stories already, he knew Jesus could make him clean, but his question was, you know, is he willing? Is Jesus willing to make me clean? And it tells us after, um, after that question, well, it's not, again, it's not stated as a question, but you're with me, right? In the NIV, it says Jesus was indignant. This is the NIV. Yeah. There's, there's a few versions of the NIV out there, but I don't, I'm not going to look back to what year this one was released. But, uh, but in other translations, it says Jesus was moved with compassion. 
And it's a tricky Greek word. It's this Greek word that, that speaks of this turmoil internally, like in the bowels of a person, right? And so whether it's Jesus is indignant that anybody would even wonder if he was willing, or this other idea that New King James translated it, translated it as is he's moved with compassion. But what we can see in Jesus is he's got this deep emotional response to this man's need. And then what does Jesus do? What does Jesus do after he's moved with compassion? He heals the man. But, but, but there's another story in Luke about Jesus healing ten lepers. And when they come to him, Jesus just says to them, go and show yourself to the priest. And it says that as they went, they were cleansed. This story is not like that. There's something Jesus does before he says, be clean. It says this, he reached out his hand and he touched him. Now, I don't know if you feel the weight of that, but you need to understand what had happened to this man's life is that he had been deemed unclean and untouchable. Who knows how long it had been till he had, since he had felt the touch of another human being. I don't know how many of you are like me, but, but physical touch is my number one life love language. I'm like, I, what I get for Father's Day and birthdays are little coupons from the kids for two-minute or five-minute back rubs. I'm like, yes, just here you go. Like, give me that back rub. I don't care, like, whatever manipulation I got to do to get it. You, you rub my back, and I'm, like, melting. I just feel, like, wonderful. And so I can deeply relate with the pain that this man must have been feeling. And the first thing Jesus does, it says he reached out and he touched him. Jesus is breaking all the rules, you realize, right? The, the rules were you don't touch the leper. If you touch the leper, guess what happens to you? You're defiled. You're now unclean. You now have to go outside the camp, right? Outside the city. But when Jesus touches the leper, Jesus is not defiled, the leprosy does not defile Jesus. Jesus destroys the leprosy. And this is, this, is a, this is a kingdom principle I want you guys to catch. I want that deep in the core of us as a community of people seeking to follow Jesus. And when I say a kingdom principle, what I'm talking about is the reality that Jesus is Lord. That is the central message of the gospel, that Jesus is Lord. And we see in Jesus' life... That when he touches the leper, he's not defiled. The leper is cleansed. And the same spirit that was in Jesus is in those who follow Jesus. If you put your faith and your hope and your trust in Jesus, the Bible tells us that we get filled with the spirit of Jesus. And so we walk around the city of Victoria with the solution to the loneliness, with the solution to the sickness, with the solution to the darkness. And we need to get out of the mentality that we're afraid of being defiled and more into the mentality that we actually have what the city needs for cleansing, for purification, 
And we need to get it even out of, sometimes I feel like, this big idea of what the city needs and start to think about people. Like, it's really easy to just think in these big abstract terms about, we're going to save the city and we're going to, you know, all this sort of stuff. But the reality is it boils down to relationships with real people. It boils down to actually reaching out and, if you will, touching somebody. Getting close enough relationally. And, and I think this is so on my heart because I think, and, and why we're going to keep looking at encounters with these outsiders is I think that at times as the church, we get way too focused just inward and on our own spiritual development or on the own health of the church itself. When in reality, we as the church are called to be that healing agent in the city, in the region where we live. And it's not going to happen by us just getting our ducks in a row theologically. It's going to actually happen by us developing relationship with real people. That's why we're asking the question, is there room at your table? Is there room at your table? You know, after my my last message a couple weeks ago, somebody came up to me and they asked me essentially, like, you know, how, how do I reach these people, without affirming everything that they believe and that they say to be true? So that's a great question. I don't know. But what I, but what I, but what I do know, what I do have a conviction of in my heart at this point, and why I'm encouraging us, like, do you have room at the table, is we're not going to actually learn the answer to that question and find it out by just sitting back and thinking about it. We have to actually go and build relationships with people and have conversations and ask questions and get to know them and love them for the human being they are that bears the image of God despite what they believe. Like, there's nothing in the story of Jesus that shows me him saying, well, you better get your doctor in a row before we're going to have lunch, you know? Or, 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 or you, better, you better get cleaned up before I'll come to your house. There's none of that in the life of Jesus. That's why we have to keep coming back and be tuned to the life, the OG song of Jesus Christ. Are you guys always me on OG? Maybe there's some people in the room. What's he talking about? Okay, I hope so. Original, okay. Original, original gangster, okay, I grew up on rap, it's just, still listen to it. The, uh, and look at this next thing that Jesus does, okay? This is really interesting. He's healed the man, and he gives him a strong warning, is what it says. Don't tell anyone. I believe, this is just my, this is my theory, it's been my theory for years since I started reading the Gospels, that Jesus saying don't tell anyone is to make the point. Maybe it's just like, you know, I don't want people to bother me. I don't want to have to go live in these lonely places. I want to sleep in a nice bed. No, you know, I, who knows? But I think this. I think that he's making a point. I didn't do this for the publicity. I didn't do this for other people to look at how awesome I am. I did this because I love you. I did this because I have compassion upon you. I did this because I want you healed. 
And then he says this thing. He says, go and show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Do you realize that in Leviticus 13 and 14, there's this whole explanation about what you're supposed to do if you had this skin disease and then you think you're cleansed. You're supposed to go to the priest and show the priest, see, look, remember I had all this and it's gone. And, and then you, you pay this sacrifice and offering to God as thanks. And, and you know what happens after you show yourself to the priest and the priest says, hey, this person's clean, you get to come back into the camp. So what Jesus is saying is that, hey, just go show yourself to the priest. You're in, bro. You're back in the community. He, he flings wide open the door to be restored into relationship with the community to this guy. It's amazing. And so what we can see in this story, it goes beyond just simply Jesus healing a sick man reaches out and he touches him. Don't worry about spreading the news about me. Just go show yourself to the priest. And you get to come on back. You get to go back to your family, you know, like restored to community. So here's what I want us to do. We are going to get into groups of four to six people, six max, okay? Because I want everybody to be able to engage. And maybe some of you are like squirming and you're like, oh my gosh, he's going to have me talk to other people. What the heck? Uh, but, but here's the thing, guys. I am not interested in us as a church just batting around cool ideas and then going home and being like, oh, great, what a nice sermon and can't wait for the next one. It's like, no, we're, we're actually like seeking to figure out how do we live this? How do we apply this? What's this going to look like in our lives? And so that's what we're going to do in groups of four to six people is that we got some questions. I had a hard time nailing them down. So there's like a bunch of them. You can just put them up there now. That's fine. Because uh, I, I always, I'm the kind of person I think like, ask it this way, ask it that way. Maybe that will, maybe that will help. So if we can get them up there, if, they, if they're in, if they're not, I'll just start reading them. Are they up there? Okay, so they should say, Harold, okay, okay, yeah, who are people in our society or in your life, and I want you to think about that, those terms for sure, in your life, that many consider unclean or untouchable, uh, who might be asking slash wondering if Jesus' church is willing, willing to help them, willing to reach out, willing to welcome and what might reach out and connect with them? I didn't bother saying touch them. I thought that would be weird. So, uh, you know, <laughs> what might reach out and connect with them look like? Okay? And so this is where you guys turn your chairs in, move it up. We don't, we don't care about how these chairs are set up in the room. You can mess that up. And we're going to take like five minutes and just talk in groups around the, these ideas. Okay, guys, so for the sake of honoring people's time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap us up here. But we are doing Picnic Sunday. Picnic Sunday means that these conversations can continue as we transition into lunch, okay? Um, and what I want to do in this moment is I'm just going to mimic what Adam did for us last week. And I'm going to ask if maybe two or three different groups have a representative who could give us like 60 seconds or less on 
what came up in your discussion. We want to, we want to hear. We believe that God actually speaks to and through his church. And so whatever ideas may have come up in your dialogue will be useful for all of us to hear. So if you want to be part of that two or three, why don't you just come up here and we'll do a first come, first serve basis, okay? 60 seconds or less. Who's coming? Who's going to come share? Brave souls. Talia's coming up. Come on, Talia. We got one more? One more, one more. You don't have to come up here. That's fine. All right, Malachi, let's go. Guys, we're being led by the youth this morning. Come on, come on. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it over to these guys, and I am going to ask that we all actually give them our attention. You can keep your seats faced in, whatever, but just, just turn, give your attention to what they're going to share with us in response to the questions. Talia. Okay, so we were talking about, like, um, people that, like, we think are, like, untouchable and stuff, and we are talking about, like, <laughs> fairies at our school. Um, and, like, a way to just, like, get to know them and, like, um, just, like, get to know them as a person and, like, I don't know, like, just love them in that way. In my group, we, there was a lot of chatting, so we didn't get the last few, but for the first few about unclean or untouchable, we went through the list of like. Who was the chattiest person? Joe. Uh, and we just talked about like the unclean and untouchable, which is like the poor people, kind of like the people when you walk into the room and you see them sitting in the corner. And you're like, I don't want to hang out with that person because it might like injure my reputation. Goodbye, Caleb. Uh, so we were talking about like, and then I was thinking in my head and we discussed a little like just getting with them and like you just have to like. Like, almost like bite the bullet because you don't want to talk to them, but they're also like sitting there and probably don't want to talk to you. Except, how are they going to know, like, is Jesus Church willing? And they're sitting there and, like, why aren't they reaching out? Like, I'm struggling here. I have mental disease, illness. It's like terrible. And, like, there's a so called Christian over there that is staying away from me. And so, like, we were, I was thinking we were talking about it. Just like, we need to just, like, go and be like, come up and be like, hey, I have good news for you. I have some, I know someone who loves you. And just, like, connect with them and not just be scared because it might damage your reputation. Not be scared because you might get, like, attacked by them. I don't know. And so, yeah. Got to reach out. It's awesome. It's awesome. You guys, I know, and I know there's others in the room. You probably had different categories or ideas about who it might be. But really specifically, this is what I want to be asking all of us to do. Who's God showing you? To get personal with it, Right? Let's get out of just the idea about this group of people, this category of people, but start to take, there may be a category of people that God puts on your heart that you're actually called to get good at connecting with. There also may be specific people in your school, in your work, in your neighborhood, wherever you find yourself doing life, that God is highlighting saying, hey, move closer. Reach out because that's, I want us to see that this morning is that Jesus reached out. Jesus didn't just stand back and there's sometimes I think we have this posture of like, well, everyone's welcome. It's the easy road to just kind of, we put the sign up and we say everyone's welcome. No, Jesus sought after lost people. He actually intentionally went out to connect with them. And I want to just close with this. 
we, we've been talking about this tables thing, right? Is there room at your table? And yesterday, uh, Telsey and I and some more of you who are in this room, we were at Margaret Hogan's Celebration of Life. How many of you remember Margaret Hogan? Some of you who are newer to the community wouldn't know her, but she lived a long 94 years of life. And, uh, and, and part of her story that just really struck me yesterday, the legacy that she left with her life, was that she moved over here uh, in her late 20s or early 30s with her husband, with their young family. They moved from England to Victoria. Um, and 10 years into their marriage, so probably eight or nine years after having moved here, her husband passed away of, of throat cancer. And, uh, and, she, and she lived this, you know, on life lonely. And she didn't go back to England. And so she knew what it was to be lonely. And you know what the legacy was that she left with her life was that there was always room at the table. There was story, there's story after story in reference to there was always new people at Christmas dinner or at Thanksgiving or Super Bowl Sunday or all the things that they would do in their home. Uh, there was always lonely people getting an invite to the house. And the family just grew up with that being normal. And so I want us to just continue to be asking the Lord, you know, yeah, is there room at my table? But then for who? For who? That we would actually reach out, make contact, develop relationship, all that stuff. And so can we just, can we just pray together, and then, uh, and then we'll let you guys either keep talking or go start having your lunch outside, pick up your children from down the hall. They really like when you do that. Or are they outside, Kelly? Uh, go find your kids, whether they're outside <laughs> or down the hall. Uh, but let's, let's stand together and let's just pray, okay? Let's just stand up. Father, we thank you for the beauty of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that, that all of us at some point in our life, we were those who were unclean. And even still, I just speak to anybody, if you're in this room and you're like, I feel like I'm unclean. Jesus just says, come over here. Let, 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 me, let me touch you. He will cleanse you. He will make you whole. And so, Father, we thank you that when we were unclean, while we were still sinners, you died for us. Jesus, you gave your life for us. And I ask that we will be marked by knowing your mercy and your grace and your goodness that you've shown to us. And you would make us a people who extend that same reach like we saw Jesus do with this leper to those who others call unclean, untouchable, for those we've called unclean and untouchable. Change us to make us more like you, that your church would look and sound like Jesus in the city of Victoria. In his name we pray, amen. Guys, have an awesome day. Uh, you carry on your conversations if you like. We're going to have lunch outside. We're going to have nine squares set up. We're going to have some fun and connect. Thank you for listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. At Lifetree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Lifetree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.